alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. Garbage in, garbage out. Hey everyone, welcome to Garbage In, Garbage Out. I am your host, Kelton, and joining me this week, as always, is my amazing co-host, Grift. How's it going, sir? Uh, it's going well. You know, uh, just Monday, starting the week off here. Monday, fun day. Uh, that, that's what we like to view, unless like you're Garfield Twitter, in which case then you hate the Mondays. I think that <laughs> that has to be part of like the kayfabe that exists. But I'm pretty excited, though, that we're finally able to record because it's finally here. We are actually able to talk about the the Snyder Cut, something that I don't think two white guys on the podcast have ever done before. We are really trailblazing here at this moment. We are breaking new ground. Uh, we are prospecting after the mother box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find all three of them and unify them and come up with the uh, the the perfect uh, unified uh, leftist theory from them. As much again, we're we're gonna dive into it here. How much are you willing to bet that in the first draft those mother boxes instead of becoming the unity they became the trinity you know just really laying on the jesus allegory really thick there i'm honestly surprised that he didn't do that <laughs> given the heavy-handedness of his uh imagery and um language it's growth it's growth as a director we have to credit him for that um, <laughs> as he as he puts a black and white joker with a crown of thorns on his head it's progress uh let's talk about some initial thoughts like what did you think about this movie uh obviously it was better than joss whedon's original one but that the bars like you know fucking subterranean there <laughs> um but you know honestly it's four hours long it's not meant to be consumed in a single sitting i i made a valiant effort i tried i fell asleep halfway through congratulations um, <laughs> so it was a it was a two sitting um experience for me <laughs> and honestly like it started off um i was vibing with it you know it it's 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 pacing was much more relaxed and confident because mm -hmm. he knew that he didn't have to um, shortchange any of the characters' backstories like a studio cut would have. He could really flesh them out. Uh, characters like Cyborg, in particular, really really benefited from that. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I liked all that, but then it just sort of it just sort of kept dragging on, and we got into the bombastic CGI fights and this superhero smash fest that it you know th these type of movies and particularly Snyder's always devolve into and and. and like it was basically the same outcome as the original one mm -hmm. plus this sort of villain lurking in the background who we may not even get any resolution on if they don't make sequels oh yeah yeah come on now yeah <laughs> <laughs> this i think uh you know there's always a discussion like is this the director at his best or this or is this the director at his most and i think that in this particular case it's both because you know you had all the snyder tropes you had like the sepia tone you had slow motion it was in four three so it was looking fucking square and just all of that was in existence but like you said it had an element of confidence and of self-pacing to it that i could really uh get behind um it's insane that it's a four-hour movie like just right off the bat anyone who says like oh i sat down and i watched it all in one sitting like my god what is your life are you okay like do you need people to check in on you <laughs> but i really do think that this show Zack snyder has 
has a much more uh, definitive touch and a certain element of grace when it came to directing that I honestly didn't think that he really had before. Now, granted, it took fucking four years, six years of production if you want to count it that way and like 370 million dollars total so i'm not saying it's worth it but like it, it is a remarkable improvement so like i I don't know. Do, we need to come up with a rating system uh, somehow. Like I felt so bad when we were popping over to a drum circle jerk. We did an episode with them recently and they asked us, what was it like on a scale of one to four bags of popcorn or something? One, one um, to five bags of popcorn. I think one to five bags. Yeah, of popcorn. I mean, That's maybe, right. yeah. maybe we could do uh, garbage cans. <laughs> oh okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah the more garbage cans is better uh, I, i'm not sure <laughs> yeah no I think, I think i think the more garbage cans is worse i think i think that's okay. how yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, i give this film zero that's right zero garbage cans perfect film oh god <laughs> i mean i would say that people should watch it you know i i would be kind of pissed if i bought this movie because what the fuck but it's free on streaming so go ahead and watch it yeah and that's that's what it's made to appeal for because uh you can't release a four-hour movie in theaters i mean this thing doesn't even have an intermission like you would <laughs> think that like between the the six chapters in the epilogue snyder would for in in all his pretension would have put in some sort of like some sort of uh in black four three aspect ratio intermission screen <laughs> oh but, absolutely you know all it would be it would be a completely black screen at the beginning right and then as time goes on justice league the font and the logo of justice league slowly starts to appear more and more and more mm. getting brighter and brighter over time probably as like the song hallelujah plays four straight <laughs> yeah. times in a row yeah. just, I, I, in, in, in my notes here i just had i mean they they played a, a hallelujah song in the end credits that was probably the most overwrought version i've heard of that song <laughs> just, the singer absolutely like belting it out in oh it's yeah. like this is very overdone way it was just yeah pitch pitch perfect for a for a a song that would be in the end credits of a four-hour Zack Snyder Justice League movie. The way I would phrase it to people is it's a white person singing this song, but they're singing it like they just found out about the horrors of slavery. Like <laughs> that, that is that like that is the, the complex emotions that are washing over them as they're then forced to perform this song. Like that that's what I think in general. Now, critics to, to go on like a, a base 10 rating system critics gave this movie on average like a six out of ten and fans gave this movie like an eight and a half out of ten <laughs> um it's it's a little bizarre i fall i think much more on the like the six out of ten range i thought it was fine again like if i'm grading it on a curve i'm actually gonna punish it because it took so long and i don't think it was worth it but on its face, you know, if you remove the context and you remove the drama and all that sort of stuff around it, yeah, it's fine for what it is. It's a six out of 10 sounds about right. <laughs> to put it at an 8.5, or in this case, at least on IMDb, an 8.4 would mean that in general, the IMDb user base believes that this movie is better than Old Boy, Citizen Kane, Taxi Driver, and 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's it's really taking down some, um, um, 
you know, seminal uh, entries in the bro movie canon there. So <laughs> he's, uh, it's, it's, it's doing its work to make the, the IMDb top movies uh, more and more woke, I guess, <laughs> on a relative scale. <laughs> what, what was that image that was circulating around the aggressively bland white guy starter yes. pack for movies? Yeah, uh, that, that's just on Suicide Watch right now. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a real problem. And then HBO Max actually posted like a playlist of Zack Snyder's favorite movies. Oh, that's and then, right. And then I think I th- uh, I I think it was uh, Netscape. He he posted he quote tweeted that um, uh, list of mediocre white male movies with that that with a picture of the Zack Snyder playlist. He's like, <laughs> Fuck, it's real. It's it exists. <laughs> It's inescapable. Uh, Fight it, run from it. Wait, I'm quoting a different comic book movie. Never mind. Okay. Okay. So where do you fall on it though? Like a scale of one to 10 or how many garbage cans do you give it? We want to go with this bizarre rating format. Um, I'm I'm gonna okay. So for let's say five garbage cans is the worst. Okay, all right. Okay, I would I would probably give it like three garbage cans. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I I, I can see it. Like. Yeah. Uh, you know, just this I, that that sort of middle of the road. You know, it's like uh six six out of ten probably too high for me, but. Just, just given the length and the fact that I that fell asleep and it, it couldn't <laughs> hold your interest for one sitting, it's more like a like some sort of like serialized mini series or something. But it isn't exactly <laughs> sure what format it wants to be because each of the chapters themselves, like they don't really work as standalone episodes, or they wouldn't if they were released no. that way. <laughs> and they just they're they're just titled with these really like on the nose like quotes. Like I think the 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 last one or something is like literally called like something darker or something. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that's right. The one that stuck out to me was a father twice over. Because like then 20 seconds into this chapter, the tape recorder is saying, I'm your father twice over. Like, okay, great. Oh, okay. We're saying the name of the chapter now. Fantastic. Uh I'm so glad. Let's go ahead and talk shop, though. Like it, this thing is fucking four hours long. We need to to divvy this up a little bit here. So, uh, where the 2017 version might have started off with that awful baby mouth Superman who's <laughs> trying to like give a quote for some random kids podcast. Because God, that that feels like a Joss Whedon in 2017 move for him to want to do. Um, th- this instead starts off the right way at least i think with uh watching superman die in 4k uh with just his shoulder i think it's just straight through his like heart or his chest or, okay. like he yeah. just gets impaled on the kryptonian spear taking down the the whatever that beast that lex luther uh created yeah, yeah. doomsday <laughs> gotta wipe him out you know but we start off like right there and so then you watch the screen uh, as like his scream reverberates through and it wakes up all the mother boxes and they're like, oh, shit, the, the Kryptonians no longer here. So great. Let, let's go ahead and let people know. Um, and it, it was right at the beginning that I, I finally realized that the, Zack Snyder, I think, shot in four three 
the the IMAX dimensions mostly so that way then he would have a justification as to why he's not using any of Joss Whedon's <laughs> reshoots like legitimately because I believe they or I know rather I don't need to pretend like I don't know they did use different cameras and so Joss Whedon is made for the standard theatrical dimensions and that's how we shot it really and how he spaced his his uh shooting and so it would look weird in another uh style format meanwhile Zack snyder has always pretty much shot with a four three and then they've cut it down to the theatrical style dimensions so i think since they literally use different cameras this was further evidence of why Zack snyder was saying no we're gonna do it completely my way as if he needed an excuse to get rid of that scene with lois lane and martha kent in the like newsroom break room oh yeah 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 <laughs> who could forget uh lois lane at least in this version is like i've been so depressed since superman died like i haven't been to work at all in the just whedon version it's like i write fluff pieces about kittens now everything's anyway. like candy colored there's like it, it, it the shot like like accentuates her ass oh, yeah. when, when when it when it starts panning like oh god it was really bad like i thought they were gonna be like randomly pivoting to the camera and then wanting to talk about like the wonders of Prozac. That's what I thought the yeah. Joss Whedon style thing was going to be. Like what pharmaceutical rep style fucking lighting is this? It, it looks awful to me. So I'm glad that this uh, other tone that Snyder has is kind of carrying through here. So um, Superman's death triggers the mother boxes, which then is what attracts uh, one of the main bad guys, uh, Steppenwolf, who's one of Darkseid's servants, and he decides to then pop up to Earth. Now, the the initial plot hole that came to me like like a vision in a dream. I need your help on this one, Grift, because uh, if the mother boxes reactivated and they alerted Steppenwolf, and the mother boxes were so important to Darkseid, the Darkseid was like, "If you get me Earth, we're square." Why the fuck would the mother boxes not have just notified Darkseid? Really seems weird that they would be like, oh, yeah, who Steppenwolf. Yeah, that guy needs a win. Let's go talk to him instead. So this whole like scenario with the mother boxes being hidden on Earth and there was this in in the the primordial eons there was this great battle on earth for them like i've seen this trope before in these type of movies where earth is this like forgotten uh call it like you know you know you know planet on the outskirts of the galaxy that no one knows about yet like the most important um like you know uh, um artifacts magical artifacts in the cosmos are somehow all conveniently located there it's just the entire planet is harry potter basically (laughs) the entire planet is (laughs) fucking filled with the horcruxes (laughs) oh wow we're all special boys because we live here oh wow it's so great it's so cool yeah uh yeah that it, it is just bizarre because there is a flashback that occurs that talks about in the age of heroes you see (laughs) the greek gods that are fighting with men that are fighting with like a green lantern cameo and all this shit so when they they push back dark side and they take back the mother boxes um you you watch the amazonians they go to themiscira and they lock the mother box away like in a giant giant tomb of a safe they have hundreds of people that are 
constantly having their bows and arrows drawn to it, right? Ready to annihilate it. In uh, Atlantis, they have like a giant fucking squid monster <laughs> that swallows the mother box and then carries it to another bunker layer in Atlantis. You're like, wow, some HP Lovecraft monster is now guarding this this mother box. It's so important. I wonder what the world of man is going to do. And in, tri- in, in typical human fashion, we just kind of like dig a ditch that's like three feet deep and then we dump it in and then we cover it up with some dirt. It's it's real nice. Yeah. Didn't it say that later in the movie that it was discovered by the Nazis? And then, of course it was. Of, of course, course it, it was, was because because the, and then but like actually this is very realist of Zack Snyder. Sorry to jump ahead here, but it just plays in that classic trope of like the 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 Nazis with their uh, you know in. Like you, you know their 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 ingenuity and their their uh, you know their <laughs> innovative science. They were able to discover something that no one else was, and then you know it just happened to be there for the U.S. to take control of, uh, sort of like some sort of like you know Operation Paperclip and that sort of thing. <laughs> we got we got their rocket scientists. We got their we got their fucked up uh, um, medical experimental people, and we got the fucking uh, we 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 got the mother box from them. <laughs> so it's like I, I mean it it makes sense like yeah. the entire way through it also is surprising to me that joss whedon would not want that scene to exist in uh his version of the movie because that's basically just ripped right from captain america like at the very beginning the nazis come in they take like the the golden or not golden the shiny blue cube or whatever like that that's a mother box for all intents and purposes why the fuck not yeah it's an it's an indiana jones trope like let's be real like yeah yeah yeah, straight up goes back to that dark side and the magic uh fucking the the magic mcguffins is really what it is (laughs) so um (laughs) While Steppenwolf was like the big bad of the original 2017 movie, in this movie, I did like his portrayal because he is kind of a, a fuck up of a guy. Like he's just a dude who's fallen out of favor and he's trying to worm his way back in. And uh, he just really wants uh, Daddy Darkseid to accept him back. And that really in my head, it fixed a lot of his character problems because he's not some mighty general. He's like the random guy, you know, on like the, the last supper portrait that would exist for dark side. He's probably like off in the corner, if not like one of the people serving all the disciples food, like he's not, you know, that, that main dude. And, uh, that, that was, I think a nice element to add. I don't know if it was necessary, but hey, it's a four-hour movie. Why the fuck wouldn't you add that little wrinkle into it? Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a villain that has some dimension because in in the original movie he was just there's literally nothing going on with him. He was just a guy who wanted the mother boxes so he could conquer. There was no greater motivation. Whereas in this one, he's someone who's had a who's who's fucked up in the past and he's trying to get back in the good graces of his overlord. And he has some genuine pathos to him. And they and they they give him like the that one scene where he's you you see his eyes just get really sad oh, when, yeah, when, yeah. when when you realize like um like he he can't have earth or whatever. It's like it's all for a dark side and he's not gonna and he's he's not gonna get any of what he wanted. 
excited. Like he looked really fucking sad and you feel bad for him. Like I, I, I made a post where I took that picture and I was like, I was like, look at how the justice league bullied this poor creature. Like, <laughs> yeah. Look at the trauma in his eyes. Behold it. <laughs> <laughs> they really did give him Shrek puss in boots style eyes. Yes, for him. Yeah, yeah. With some real puppy dog some real begging energy. Yeah. My favorite thing was that like as dope as his, his armor is in the film, when he does talk to dark side, he does act like a, like a, a beta dog. Yeah. Like his armor falls off a little bit and uh, like he's revealing his belly almost <laughs> like, I trust you, please, please. Uh, he just wants some scratches. He like point is they could have turned him maybe, you know, like we don't know how great would that twist have been that he's one of the other members of the justice league that no one talks about. <laughs> <laughs> Superman finally gave him the acceptance that he wanted for so long. Uh, uh, that's my cut of the movie, okay? Added to the Gigo cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Steppenwolf attacks Themyscira, and he gets the mother box with relative ease. And uh, as cool as the revamped style was for Themyscira, this looked like some fucking PS2 level graphics uh, on a work print in a lot of scenes here. Like, the mascara in general doesn't look good. It really, really doesn't look good when they just kind of treated it like an afterthought in the, the post-production side. Like, I, I don't know if, if it looked that way to you. Maybe it was my TV settings. But this, I was like, oh, they're, they're on a sound stage. Like, this is... All it is, they're just bouncing yeah. around. Great. That, that whole, uh, like, that, that plane that the battle scene was shot on, it was just, it, it was even green. So it already looks like a green screen yeah. to begin with. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, for anyone, I guess, who hasn't watched this movie, uh, do you remember the Windows XP original <laughs> desktop background? Yeah, it's, it looks yeah. kind of like that level green. So the Queen of the Amazons decides to warn her daughter, Wonder Woman, uh, about what all has happened. Wonder Woman then fills Batman in on like this age old fight that occurred and uh, all the shit that happened with the mother boxes. So Batman and Wonder Woman decide that they need to form a team of meta humans uh, to protect Earth, you know, since Superman is gone, which fucking cool, I guess. The, the DC movies as a whole have shown me that. No one can replace Superman. Like Suicide Squad was so fucking bad because they were like, we're going to have a crocodile man and a guy who's good with guns and an insane chick with a with a baseball bat or a hammer. Yeah, that's going to be equal to one Superman in case uh, this happens. But no, no, of course, fucking not. So actually, I should back up a little bit. Uh, we, we haven't even talked about how Wonder Woman gets introduced in this movie. Oh, God. Yeah. The fact they kept this scene, because like yeah. this, this scene <laughs> in the original just set the tone for how bad this thing was going to be. Like with the just the now infamous we're a group of reactionary terrorists line. I just can never <laughs> get over. And I mean, it, it is cool to get see the guy who played Bruce Bolton kind of uh, kind of fuck up a bank heist or whatever. But their their whole their whole motivation of like we're gonna take the world back to pre enlightenment thought by blowing up this bank just doesn't follow and has absolutely no connection to the plot besides just giving a opportunity for wonder woman to 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 run around and deflect some bullets 
And then that's exactly right. Yeah. And then, and, and then tell a, tell a young girl that, uh, you too can do this. You too can do this, but if you try, you will definitely die. Oh, you're so. going to get fucking murked. <laughs> if you actually do. <laughs> but representation is important. Oh God. That, that child is going to have a shorter life expectancy than the Palestinian when Gal Gadot was a true. <laughs> Just immediately taken out is uh, what's going to happen here. But uh, yeah, so she gets like the actions parts of it were really cool as with most Zack Snyder stuff. But the dialogue surrounding it was just so cringe inducing and lame and unnecessary and fluffy. Like It is both hyper focused and overly specific while also being too generalized. Like you don't need uh, the terrorists to try and set things back to the dark ages. Like you said, it doesn't make sense. But if you're going to do that, you need to give them a name and it needs to be ominous and it needs to be something other than what sounds like some fucking video game cutscene dialogue of we are a group of reactionary terrorists. Like you can do better than that. Come on, Zach. Uh, fucking God damn. Um, but yeah, so that, that's how she gets introduced. And then meanwhile, Batman goes and he uh, uh, he finds Aquaman over in Iceland, so good job. Uh, I, we can talk about that scene or not. It really was just kind of a, this is a slightly better version of what exists in the 2017. Uh, so I have no real criticisms of that in particular. Like, great. Uh, or at least I wouldn't have any criticisms until uh, the fucking uh, Icelandic woman decides to start singing and then six other Icelandic women start singing and then they start like smelling Aquaman's sweater that he's ditched to the side so you know there, there's some real fetish art like the Scandinavians get real freaky in winter is what I'm learning yeah no that that whole scene where Aquaman chugs the bottle of whiskey just chucks it into the ocean and then walks in and the the the, the ancient lamentation music which I think was like <laughs> if you turn the subtitles on the a lot of the music describe like the 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 brackets with like the type of music is being played it, it says like ancient lamentation yes which is like that is that is the perfect way to describe what is going on in the score behind most of these action scenes yeah i mean it it really is one of those uh you're trying to set the full scope and show like these are the modern gods. So I understand why you're going with this particular score choice. It's a lot fucking better than the 2017 Joss Whedon version, which was let's add icky thump right now by white stripes in this scene. Cause that'll make sense. That'll seem really cool. I guess, you know, uh, fuck, I, I don't know. It was just a very, very different vibe. The other person, though, that I would say probably and just talking about like different vibes here, fucking Barry Allen, the Flash is set up so much better uh, in this version than in the Joss Whedon version. You actually get to see him using his powers. You get to see him acting just like a fucking weirdo a little bit and then save some people. And then, you know, uh, the, the phallic imagery of slow-mo some special effects artist that that was his job of CGI rendered, rendered hot dogs flying across the sky oh, as Barry God. Allen is then looking at his uh, future love interest in his spinoff movie. So uh, con congrats for the world building, I guess y'all uh, it, it'll, uh, it'll I'm sure pay off for you. G good, good work all the way through. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Flash of course wants to join 
instantly. That that scene more or less plays exactly the same. Only uh, I believe the the biggest difference is that the Flash's layer has instead of random fucking k-pop playing it has like crime reports on in the background which okay great you know that seems to be a, a solid choice here um but uh of course aquaman the cyborg refused the call to adventure we're following the hero's journey all the way through um do you want to talk about cyborg a little bit here uh, you had mentioned it earlier so yeah his oh his his story was just way more fleshed out you actually got this story about how he was a um college football star and then um to, to and then got in an accident and then to train and then to save him his father put him into this machine that can that both you know has weapons it can hack into anything and he's straight he, and his character struggles a lot with you know like what what am i like i'm i'm less than a human now but then you know learns to learns that he's he's more than a human because he's he's yeah. one of the, he's one of these godlike beings now so he's he like becomes sort of the god in the machine and it's much it's much more fleshed out and it's much more um believable backstory because it was pretty much all cut from Joss Whedon's version and then combined with the fact that he spoke about the abuse he experienced on set which probably played into mm-hmm. why it was cut from the original it was it was it was it was good good to see uh that that his original vision for the character is now shown to 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 people because it definitely definitely is an improvement probably probably like on the margin like which characters presence was improved the most oh by yeah the updated version cyborg by far and away oh yeah like, well yeah because because he's like the main character of this movie by default yeah almost, he's he's the know. audience perspective because he's the he's the <laughs> outsider who's like him and like the 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 flash sort of too but cyborg even more so like i think the first like it it, it opens with him like the first like non- godly super like you know elevated superhero scene is with cyborg like he's he's obviously the audience entrance point correct from from like like a layman's perspective <laughs> of course the audience perspective here is like you can control the banks yeah you can control the media you can control the stop stock market the nuclear launch codes are at your command uh i i was like if this was the, the Joss Whedon version, I'm just picturing handlebars by Flowbots probably playing in the background <laughs> while that's occurring. Of yeah, I'm just I'm just surprised they didn't have one of his uh, talents being able to control like Reddit mobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like a poster on our Wall Street bets. <laughs> like, I'm telling can, you, can, GameStop. Can, okay, yeah, trust me. Can, that was Cyborg. He can pump and dump, dump stocks like no other. <laughs> <laughs> And you still let Robin Hood happen, Cyborg. What happened? <laughs> yeah. what, 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 what occurred there? Who's, why, whose why, interest why? do you really serve? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually would uh, be kind of psyched for like a Cyborg movie that's all just like corporate espionage. Yo, like but, some Mr. Like, Robot the, shit? That would rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that, that would actually be pretty great. Although, I mean since he's an alien technology supercomputer, I have a feeling the actual plot and conflict would take like five seconds. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Cyborg is uh, the son of this other guy named Silas Stone. And uh, Silas and several other people are captured because they are in con- connection to the mother box. And uh, Steppenwolf can smell it on them. And so... That's a, a big change from 2017, which is just uh, 
that stated that the parademons and Steppenwolf, like, they feed on fear. And instead, it's like, oh, no, he's trying to track the mother box instead of just the blatant, like, if you're afraid, they can sense it. Ooh, gabooga, booga, booga. Uh, <laughs> isn't that crazy? But uh, Steppenwolf attacks Atlantis. He takes their mother box also again with a whole lot of ease. No, no one really had any issue there. Um, Mira has a new accent. She tries to do a little bit of blood bending underneath the water and that that was a legitimately like a cool scene you know if i hadn't seen avatar the last airbender i guess i would be more impressed (laughs) by it but it's just like yeah no if you can control water you can control blood that makes sense to me okay why why are you not manipulating this just all the time like that that seems good good thing they never made a movie of that show (laughs) so we have no idea what it looked like on screen before now but um, (laughs) um one thing though that stood out to me about this action scene is it's it's the first example of it sort of taking advantage of the R rating. You actually, these, these scenes, you actually see people get gored and impaled and yeah, chopped yeah. off and blood. And it's, it's definitely more visceral than your average Cape shit. And, and it, it felt more authentic too, you know, like to see a little bit of blood and a little bit of, of spray. And again, like you said, just that element of being visceral there, it made scenes have just a bit more weight. And I appreciated that so much because the MCU super sanitized, like Captain America kicks someone through a wall, but they're fine. Or we're supposed to think that and not, you know, like a human vegetable for the rest of the no, life. No one has ever shed a drop of blood in the MCU. And that is, that includes like all the civilians in the cities that they level in every movie. <laughs> no, they get plenty of face cuts, specifically like around the eyebrow area. Yeah. But outside of that, <laughs> nothing that actually damages the important part, you know, uh, got to protect it all. Um, oh, oh, what did you think about this version of Aquaman and like how they talk to each other with the fucking air bubbles or they talk to each other like fish? Did you like that more or less than like the the Aquaman 2018 movie that came out? So I okay, so I actually have not seen the the Aquaman the the Aquaman oh, movie, which is I know it's oh, disappointing because I know it was like I've been meaning to watch it, but I know it's it, the one good movie. <laughs> I know, right? Like, but I heard that you have to like a good way to watch it is to be on a lot of drugs. Oh and yeah, I haven't I haven't been on the right concoction yet, so I'm I'll it'll it'll definitely definitely get viewed when I'm in the right mindset at some point. In the same way that this movie was made with the the knowledge that there would be no sequel. The Aquaman movie was made with the idea that there would be no sequel, so they threw everything at the wall, and they just played it all completely straight, and it turned out to just, like, fucking rock, and then they're, of course, getting a sequel made to it, so congratulations. Good for them. Yeah, definitely have to check that out, yeah. But... They do not talk in air bubbles, okay? <laughs> like they they fixed a lot of Atlantis-based issues uh, by not including these scenes in the Snyder cut, or <laughs> I'm sorry, in the the 2017 version, because that then led them to be free to do whatever scenes and however however they best felt um, in the 2018 version. So they averted disaster there. I, I'm glad. Um, Back to the story at hand, though, the actual Justice League. Uh, Commissioner James Gordon, uh, did you recognize him? Uh, J.K. Simmons there? Oh, Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Uh, do you remember the photos that came out of him like being super jacked? Like and being ripped, and people were like, "Why is he getting ripped to play Commissioner Gordon? What the fuck is happening?" It's like, doesn't he wear a suit the whole time? I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's just Zack Snyder like rules. Like he like it's like uh, um, professional wrestling weigh, weighing in, except it's like <laughs> to they, he he has to make sure that that all the men have washboard abs. He'll put a fat suit on you, but underneath that fat suit, washboard abs <laughs> the entire time. It's a uh, it, it's part of the stipulation so anyway commissioner gordon is like oh hey Steppenwolf's army is at like this bizarre coordinate but nothing's there they're like actually there is but it's underwater whoa okay cool like bad bad police work on your part commissioner gordon to think that the aliens would only be looking for stuff on land like what the fuck is wrong with you i mean it, it's gotham city like i think it, it doesn't talk about enough how much how in any canon uh he's gotta be the most shittiest like corrupt police commissioner oh yeah like that's just that's just to get anyone who is who assumes that role in gotham is just like (laughs) they're not they're not doing much real police work there no no it's just fighting the bad signal it is going to be i think really interesting to see uh what they end up deciding to do with gotham um in general, because I know they're going to be moving forward uh, with like a, a GCPD show on HBO Max. Oh, God. And it's going to be following. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that's going to be great because we learn nothing from Gotham on Fox. We're like, no, we need more of that. More police procedurals, please. Like Gotham SVU. Sure. Why not? Let's make it a thing. <laughs> Let, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So they go to the location point. Uh, of the facility and as it turns out they they battle with steppenwolf and they they end up fighting with each other uh but then when you know it uh aquaman comes in to control water and he ends up saving them so they end up escaping cyborg then reveals that he actually has had the mother box and um that's then when he also is talking about his backstory all of the shit that gets cut like in the 2017 version is just like oh by the way i have the mother box let's just see if what we should resurrect superman or not uh no no questions asked along the way meanwhile like in this version you know you get to see this since cyborg is talking about how yes it did bring me back yes it can you know, uh, bring essentially like life and reprogramming back. So maybe it could work. Uh, it just, it, the whole thing really highlights to me just how badly Whedon fucked up with this. Cause yeah, it I feels mean, like an actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Fine. Uh, I'll in post, I'll just delete all of, uh, my, my sentences where I'm trying to get to the point that you just made. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's called good editing you hear that zach um so um they reach the same conclusion that is reached in the other movie that they need to bring superman's uh back from the dead so they go they go to fucking kansas and they dig up superman's body um it is just like a bizarre scene because uh, in the 2017 version, it's just Cyborg and Flash. In this scene, though, like it's the whole crew that's all gotten together for some godforsaken reason. That they're all deciding to just kind of hang out in the back of a truck while <laughs> Cyborg and Flash are just digging up his body. Sure. And then they're going to bring the body into the Kryptonian uh, scout ship. 
and then they're going to activate the mother box, which you get like the super tense countdown scene. Of like, I don't know if we should do it. I think we should do it. I don't know. Should we do it? You check the runtime. You're like, we got two goddamn hours left. Like, they're going to do it. How how are they not going to? Yeah, just like something about that grave digging scene. It felt the way it was shot in the colors and the sort of weird campy dialogue. It felt very like a CW show. <laughs> it really like, did. It was, it was that sort of core. It was like, is this, is this Riverdale or some <laughs> shit? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you, you get the same beats as before Superman wakes up he's confused he's coming back from the dead and so he everything's real tense cyborg decides to still try and fucking blast him because you know uh he's perceived as a threat which you know don't you just hate those first introductions (laughs) and and or or maybe that's like a little bit of coding on Zack snyder's part you know like i don't know why but uh cyborg is the one who first used a gun on superman Ugh. huh really makes you think here about what what all's going on and it was because <laughs> his system was was auto reacting yeah. he couldn't control it it's almost like uh certain types of people their innate uh proclivity for uh violence is out of their hands because of certain <laughs> innate uh <laughs> <laughs> innate uh traits <laughs> you just hate it when a group of cyborgs walk up to you <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> we gotta be careful here <laughs> all right all right all right all right um so uh that's then, of course, like uh, Superman starts just beating everyone's ass. And what is just a, a, a super comic booky scene to me? Like, oh, God. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I cannot take it seriously. Like, <laughs> as emotional, uh, uh, I, I really did like the Flash's use of powers that he does later. But, like, this scene in particular, when they're going slow mo, I was like, this is, this is meant for toddlers like this is this is just some of the stupidest stuff in the world here you would like batman dragging like troops and cops behind like cop cars and humvees like (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my yeah the whole thing was the way it was shot in this like open like sort of yeah this like open city park area where there just wasn't there wasn't much going on it was just this like very uh staged environment where they could have this fight and it wasn't gonna affect the city at all like past like you know, the, you know the batman versus superman the the beginning of it dealt with the what was the aftermath of two uh you know um titans fighting in the sky yeah. which from from man of steel but that's because it's completely forgotten uh we're gonna fight in the middle of the city in this staged environment there's absolutely no effects beyond having batman having to drag the brave first responders behind their vehicles which <laughs> like, that, that's the other thing too it, it's so adorable to me that these people are like yeah it's superman he's the uh, the most powerful being possibly in the entire universe yeah i think my standard issue handgun though might be able to stop him <laughs> All right, I'm just going <laughs> to unload a clip into him. Oh, no, now he's using his laser god eyes on me. Who could have possibly foreseen this? Like, no, no, you don't engage with him is uh, is the, the winning strategy here. Although I will say that uh, 
Lois Lane then popped up because it's part of like her randomized grief ritual <laughs> to appear every day at the Superman memorial so she can look at the beheaded statue of her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so she she pops up and everyone's just looking. Is Lois going to be the key? Oh, my God. It actually did happen. Oh, wow. Uh, so Superman, you know, picks her up and then they end up going to Smallville and that, you know, th- there are a couple of like cute farm scenes that occurred there. And I really enjoyed that more than the 2017 version because in 2017, she is strictly a pawn for Batman. Batman's like, we're going to have to pull out the big guns. And it turns out that she is the big guns. So fucking wonderful although the the Snyder Cut version raises a lot of questions to me here because while he's in Smallville that's then when he reunites also with his mom Martha the 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 Martha Martha that everyone is uh wondering about a little Martha <laughs> but but here's my legitimate question for you Grift are we sure that this is Martha and not just Martian Manhunter like, are we positive that this is actually Martha Kent? Is is that a theory that's out there? Like, is that? What, I mean, yeah. we we see Martha uh, Kent, you know, pack up her, all of her bags as she's talking to uh, uh, Lois Lane. But then once they get done talking, having this like really well shot, sincere, emotional heart to heart, the second she leaves the apartment, she transforms into Martian <laughs> Manhunter. And you're like, what the fuck? It just happened here. Why is, why is Martian Manhunter able to empathize so much with Lois Lane about what is like uh, a stranger to him that he's pretending is his <laughs> dead child? Like, what the fuck? That, there's some mind games here. So that's my question is how long has Martha uh, Kent actually been dead for? That's that's the real thing I want to try and figure out here. Because uh, uh, wouldn't that be a twist the entire time? I'm, I'm thinking you go all the way back. That's always been yeah, Martian Manhunter. Yeah, who was, who was uh, the guy who played Superman's dad? Was that Kevin Costner? Yeah, Where, yeah, that's yeah, right. He was, yeah, he was having sex with a Martian Manhunter this whole time. <laughs> that's canon. That's in the Giggo <laughs> Cut. Canon, yeah. yeah, you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I've been so accepting of aliens. You ever get your dick sucked by a Martian? It's magical. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, uh, to continue on in the much less entertaining version uh, than the one that we're constructing all of a sudden, uh, Steppenwolf then attacks Star Labs and retrieves the mother box because it's been activated because, you know, it it was dormant before since it blew all of its original juice making Cyborg. So uh, congratulations. He now has all of the, the mother boxes and he's going to the fucking... Russian, I don't know, uh, uh, nuclear plant, nuclear factory. I, it's it's very vague, and it's yeah, also like it's, vaguely anti-Soviet at the same time. Yeah, it's it's clearly supposed to be a Chernobyl, um, Pripyat um, comparison, yeah. but it's but it's also like says it's right next to Moscow, so it's like as if Chernobyl happened in like the imperial core of the Soviet Union <laughs> instead of like in Ukraine. Yeah, so it's just. Yeah, they in this in this universe they fucked it up even more. <laughs> so since Superman's currently a wall, the five heroes had to then go stop Steppenwolf, and they fight him and they fight the parademons, but they're not able to distract Steppenwolf enough 
to allow Cyborg to then separate the mother boxes and prevent unity. But then, dun-dun-dun, Superman X Machina decides to appear in an all-black suit, which, you know, we uh, your, your griff shop, you of all people, have to know the importance of the proper accessories before you go into any outing. Yes, you know? yeah. Like, you, absolutely ha- you absolutely have to have, like, you know, that, that uh, black tea griff shop drip. <laughs> Before you go into into any uh, go outside, go uh, battle with a a, um, a like you know primordial space being, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's essential. And 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 I think it can be summed up like I love this line from earlier in the movie from Cyborg where he's like, "I'm always dressed." Yeah. <laughs> and when you when you when you put on Griff Shop, that's what that's what happens. You're always dressed. You're 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 ready for whatever. And uh, I was I was happy to supply Superman with uh, a, a custom order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for this for this uh, particular rebrand that he did uh yeah it was, a, it, was, it was a good opportunity for me yeah i mean and like as much as i love the black suit in the uh in in the movie because i i did legitimately uh have a moment where i was like oh cool like from the comics yay i'm 12 again uh i have feelings um i was honestly hoping that instead that he would come in and battle steppenwolf while wearing the kryptonian armor instead of the black suit oh that'd be badass uh and then like after he gets rid of steppenwolf then underneath is like the the black suit kind of like how it would be like the under layer of like a space suit or something like that that's what i thought it might end up being Mostly because, like, that's my favorite thing that Zack Snyder's ever done is all of the the Kryptonian Warhammer 40k looking fucking uh, space space outfits and battle suits. And that um, and that um that um battle suit that Batman had that he fought yeah in, like the like yeah. the, the bat mech suit. Like, yeah, why does Batman not wear that when battling Steppenwolf? Actually, right? hold like, on a second. <laughs> he only gets to use each of his toys once. He gets to use that like giant walking spider thing once. He gets to use the plane, the the battle. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> how, how many it, of these things does he have? There are a lot of like logistical questions here. You know, we find out that he actually has six satellites, and if that's the case, then like why couldn't you do like some low orbital? delivery systems of you know your ship and everything else like yeah it seems like there are some workarounds why doesn't he exist. have a uh, tungus and rods in those satellites ready to oh my ready God, to drop yes. on earth right like <laughs> <laughs> he, he, his superpower is that he's rich after all like come on <laughs> Oh, that that would be fucking beautiful. I would love that. Just like if out of nowhere a giant rod came <laughs> through and just speared Steppenwolf, just right through, no no questions asked, no context, not even allowing <laughs> Superman to have like his superhero moments. <laughs> like, <laughs> the giggo cut just writes itself. Yeah, uh, it's it's perfect here. So, uh. Superman battles Steppenwolf kind of handles him pretty easily, but then um, the the char- super charge is needed to help separate the mother boxes and prevent unity from happening. Flash has been delayed, and uh, in what I actually thought was a cool scene, 
you watch the superheroes lose. Like they don't make it in time. And so like the bright white light of a void just booms, explodes and takes over. And that's then when you realize flash needs to fully access the speed force, fully realize his powers and then run so fast that he's going faster than the speed of light. And in fact, able to then go backwards in time, even if it's only for a few seconds, like, that was, uh, in my head, legitimately probably like a top 10 superhero moment for me. I'm not saying like it would probably even crack like the top 50 of like real life moments, like from real movies. But in terms of superhero stuff, I just thought that it was all set up to be um, uh, pretty impactful for me. Although I understand you know, and will respect begrudgingly anyone who holds a different opinion. It's fine. It's fine to be dead inside. I understand. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, I, I guess it was weird because, uh, you know, uh, Flash, like in the in the 2017 version, really seemed like he was kind of a teenager who was just figuring out his powers. And in this movie, you get to see him actually be almost fully powered throughout the whole thing. And it didn't feel unnatural at any point in time. So, you know, I, I have no real notes on that. I can't can't really uh, say like, oh, well, you know, this improvement should have happened or whatever i mean point is good job Zack snyder for doing flash because i would have thought that joss whedon would do a better version of flash because flash's dialogue seems the most like mcu friendly out of well, all yeah, of the heroes yeah. but um, um and and it also had the sort of you know the the anti uh gig economy angle to it now because <laughs> his, his dad in prison is like well you have these three gig jobs get her get her get a real job yeah. it's like why yeah. can't you get a real job son fuck you dad you're in prison for killing mom don't fuck lecture you, me dad i am the, i am the greatest postmates deliverer in the world <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it is also like really weird that he would do all of these uh, gig work things instead of uh, like probably what would be like the the actual easiest job and that's like be like a trick shots video guy on youtube and just like <laughs> rake in that like watch me run from here to here i run so fast watch me on tiktok do that and people would be like how the fuck is he doing that you know that uh, just something just, like just that. rob rich people's houses in and yes. out yeah, yeah. Like, that, <laughs> that, that is actually the correct answer yeah just <laughs> rob them it's yeah. fine take their shit <laughs> they can't <laughs> stop you <laughs> um so uh what then we get to like the final actual closing out uh battle sequence of aquaman stabbing steppenwolf wonder woman decapitating him and then the body just gets sent through a portal to apocalypse where then dark side looks and he's like ah man that guy he's, disappointed he's dead as fuck <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> what i really almost would have loved and again uh this is mcu brain rot here because it would not have been good for the scene but i would have loved if dark side was like who is this <laughs> oh, that's Steppenwolf? Oh, yeah, okay. Ah, man, that sucks. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, back to whatever it is I was doing. You know, um, it. but in, in reality, playing it serious was definitely the right move because Darkseid then says he's going to return to Earth and he's going to try and figure out the anti-life equation. Again, the giant math problem that gets yeah. burned in, uh, in, into the Earth and uh, tells you how to rule the universe. So great, I guess. Don't you love like sequel teases for films that will never exist? Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a delight. 
And I feel like that's going to taint this cut because it's promises that like a, a payoff to these things they're building and it's never going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like immediately after the battle, Batman, Wonder Woman, Alfred, all of the people, uh, they set up a base of operations uh, uh, at what used to be Wayne Manor. And so uh, that's going to be like the new Hall of Justice is kind of what they're implying. And in my head, that's where the movie should have ended. Really and truly, it was right there. I would have forgiven it, but then instead we get 30 minutes of goddamn sequelitis style cuts of uh, Deathstroke talking to Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor breaking out of prison, uh, Batman nightmare scene where he's oh, talking to Joker. <laughs> yeah, uh. I mean, like I, I, I want to talk about it, but I also like there's no point in talking about it really because it's not going to pay off in anything. Like uh, I, I think the only thing talking worth talking about is um, how bad the Snyderverse, his, his vision for these future movies would be played out. Oh in, yeah, see in that scene, just like how batshit insane that storyline is, and just how badly it would if he actually executed on <laughs> his vision for this series. Just like how off the mark that entire story is. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get into that. You know, kind of uh, uh, in just a little bit. But yeah, uh, I, I wanted to get your opinions though, like kind of on the Snyder trilogy now, like as, as it stands, of Man of Steel, BVS Ultimate Edition, and then Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, do you like it as a trilogy? Cause I mean, I think all of them are okay. Yeah. Like, they're yeah, all, that, they're, they're all, you know, they're, they're pretty solid movies are not doing anything really groundbreaking or, or, um, mm-hmm. new, but you know, they, they have a style to them. They, they, they're, they're clearly part of this vision that he has. So it's cool to see that play out rather than these serial like on the the marvel side these sort of like serialized tv episodes that are what their movies are with these very very different tone very different people behind them and yeah that that uh that variety can be nice if you're trying different genres but if you're going with this heightened mythological uh tone that he is it's 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 cool to see that vision completed here i guess it's satisfying to that degree yeah. definitely i mean like the the thing for me that i noticed like if you look at the trilogy is it's Zack snyder taking more and more creative control like yeah. man of steel kind of feels like a studio movie that Zack snyder gave the aesthetics to bvs is finally Zack snyder getting to like do the the director's cut version of a studio film and you're like oh well this is cool and then Zack Snyder's Justice League you're like oh okay well they just let him do whatever he wanted and they did so you know congratulations um the comparison point that I give is uh the knives out meme with Daniel Craig that exists uh, like um you know it, it's so stupid but it compels me like yeah. that that that's exactly how I feel with these and uh they are aggressively average and fine like i can't wait to watch them again in five years and uh have completely forgotten about them just an- entirely until then i say five years i probably mean like 15 so you know uh, it, it's fine though uh for th- the sake of the podcast i'll say five i guess ultimately though did this did this movie feel like a four-hour film to you what did you think of it uh well like it felt when I fell asleep in the middle, it became two two-hour <laughs> movies. <laughs> okay, got it. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's how that's how I consumed it. Uh, <laughs> I sitting like attempting to sit down for four hours um, 
definitely not manageable probably is it for most people like i literally had to be like okay when am i going to find time in my schedule this weekend to to right. watch this thing and like <laughs> to like literally like plan it out <laughs> uh, it was great i took two breaks um roughly kind of cut it into thirds and so it, it felt very manageable to me um I, I, I had an absolute ball of a time. I've watched like 90 minute films that have felt longer than Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. So, you know, I'll give him credit. Although those are actually only 90 minutes. So it isn't like uh, uh, time warp being relative to it. So four hours is still just way too long. I, I don't want anyone to feel inspired and be like, see, see, look, you said once that that four hour movie was okay. That means you love four hour movies. No, no, I, I don't need that to to exist in the canon here. Um, were you familiar with what uh, Zack Snyder wanted as a, to do in the sequels? I know we've talked a little bit about it, uh, but have, have you come across anything in the wild? No, not before uh, you showed me that insane graphic that we had as the episode art for the last, the last yeah, show. Yeah. Um, and just <laughs> the details of the plot that he wanted to go with are just fucking wild so like yeah walk us walk us through what his his plans for this uh for for his for his snyder verse were that's right and and that's something i want the dc fans that are tweeting you know hashtag restore the snyder verse i want them to know that because he's giving away all of these plot points this is how we know that we are not in fact going to get any sequels made to this. Cause he would, he absolutely would want to keep this under wraps if he thought that there was even a shred of him working on another movie, but he knows that, you know, um, it, uh, isn't going to happen. So anyways, uh, here, here's just kind of some blow by blow things. So first off Lois Lane is in fact pregnant. Congratulations. Uh, he did confirm that in, in the, uh, you know, when asked questions about it, but, uh, in the sequel, it's going to be, she is pregnant with Batman's child. So real, real big right there that, uh, the Snyder cut has become the Snyder cuck. If you will, uh, we, we got we got to work on that. You know, tag it everywhere that we possibly can. Um, then, when Darkseid comes to Earth, he incinerates Lois Lane right after she tells Superman that the baby is in fact Batman's. So then, Superman goes on a killing spree, wipes out half the Justice League. Keep in mind, this is the Justice League that has just been formed, basically. Okay, you know, um, and then he becomes a minion of Darkseid. So congratulations. Uh, Batman, you were right, I guess, about your your one percenter doctrine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, several years go by, and then Batman is eventually convinced by the Joker to go back in time and then sacrifice himself by killing himself uh, to prevent the universe from being destroyed. In other words, like <laughs> going go back in time to prevent yourself from having sex with Superman's wife. Like that's that's gonna be like the 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 big draw of what the sequel plot was going to be. Goddamn! Uh, if I had a time machine, uh, a, a gun with two bullets, I would go back in time in a room with Hitler and Batman, and I'd shoot Batman twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise the mother boxes wouldn't be discovered, and we wouldn't have cyborg. We need <laughs> <Yeah>. Hitler. <laughs> yeah, we need him to get to jumpstart the plot of this. <laughs> <laughs> Critical support for Hitler. Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I mean, 
it, this is the the way that the trilogy ended. So the the next thing that I I think of is uh, so what's next? Like where does WB go? Where does specifically DC go? And the answer is they are going like are they going to follow our auteur vision or are they going to become like Marvelized? You know that that kind of is the which way Western man that they are really facing in this moment here and. I want to to give you an idea of what their upcoming slate is, Grift, and you can tell me whether or not you think that they are becoming marvelized or whether or not they're they're following, you know, director passion projects. Uh, first, we have the Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, and then a Peacemaker TV series. Peacemaker is like like a, a character that will be in the Suicide Squad, and it's played by John Cena. Uh, then we have the Batman by Matt Reeves, and then that Gotham City Police Department <laughs> TV show. Uh, that, it's all a tie-in, you see, so that that's going to be nice. Um, then uh, the writer slash director of Promising Young Woman, that uh, Os- Oscar nominated movie that I still have yet to see because they haven't made it easily available for streaming yet. Um, but that uh, person is getting a Zatanna film. So congrats to them uh, really kind of building up the universe. Then we're getting a Flash movie in 2022, Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, a Black Adam movie with that's going to be with The Rock, and then Wonder Woman 3. Just all of that is happening within the next two years, by the way. I mean, just that the glut of content there, it's leaning me definitely towards they're trying to make Mar- like like a Marvel type thing out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like even, even if they're <laughs> not going to have this this greater vision for a Snyder verse or whatever, it's like the sheer amount of sequels and spinoffs that they're doing here. And they're they're good do, running a whole new Batman like origin yeah. story. We have to go through all that again. And it's just. Like yeah, it's just this content glut. You remember about the the bat symbol, right? You uh, on his chest. <laughs> yeah. This Batman, the bat symbol, is made from the parts of the gun that killed his parents. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, it's gritty. You oh. see, it's so gritty. <laughs> it's like sand. You can feel it in your mouth at the same uh, time. It's, it's it's coarse. It it, it gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that that's what what dc is doing i mean it seems like they they realize like okay well one of these movies is probably going to resonate with fans and then we'll follow like that aesthetic for the whole universe but we gotta throw everything at the wall and see what sticks uh meanwhile Zack snyder ha- has really just kind of uh, i think realized his passion project is going back to zombie movies hell yeah what's up next for him he's doing army of the dead so i can't wait to talk about that movie with you i feel like we haven't had a good zombie project in a while because they they oversaturated the market with just so much zombie shit a few years ago but it's died down now so i think i think we're ready for uh just judging from the trailer it's just gonna it's in vegas right like yes yes it is it's just gonna be yeah it's gonna be batshit insane and i'm very excited to cover it why are they robbing a bank uh, or stealing from a safe to get cash in the middle of a zombie apocalypse i don't know why does currency matter in a zombie apocalypse (laughs) i have no fucking idea money Um, is even less real in a zombie apocalypse than it is (laughs) in real life (laughs) how great would it be by the way if it's like we think it's like a worldwide zombie apocalypse it is just vegas like they've just quarantined (laughs) it off they're like we don't know what to fucking do there's all these zombies here so uh yeah we're leaving it as like a no man's land so 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do know, though, what will be next for us, though, and that is just the best showdown that I think we could possibly hope for. You know, we have a king versus a god. That's what we have. We, we have lizard versus monkey. We have uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. I'm really uh, excited to, to see what like what this offering is going to be, um, man. Uh, I, I do you have any uh in, any like uh predictions like do you think that Godzilla versus Kong is going to be better or worse than Zack Snyder's Justice League? Honestly, I'm probably gonna enjoy it more just because oh, it's yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> you, you know it'll probably still be like knowing these movies is probably still gonna be like a two and a half hour runtime with all <laughs> ancillary human like human characters that aren't fleshed out very well that are just distracting from the fact that you like i i, I just want a tight 90 minute movie that's all action there's yeah. no there's no pretension of like of like just identifying with the human characters or whatever like no we want to see a giant like dinosaur lizard just go toe to toe with a oversized ape for 90 minutes like that's like nothing else <laughs> it's so hard like if, if they manage to fuck up this premise by being like but in reality we're gonna spend an hour with the human characters yeah you know it's... the real reason people come to this thing <laughs> fuck you <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> all we want are kaiju fights that's all we want kong versus godzilla versus clifford the big red dog that's uh, a <laughs> uh, <laughs> the universe that we're that we're building towards but now uh it's it's over we can finally purge the memory of this movie from our systems uh, it's good i feel the relief you know uh i can now <sighs> finally start to I, I don't know um look back into my child's eyes and, and feel genuine joy instead of uh trying to remind her of her mortality because Zack snyder is Im imbued in my brain yeah just just the the feeling of having being done covering this thing i just feel like feel like i could like levit start levitating into the clouds <laughs> like superman just the weight has been lifted i am free <laughs> my body is lighter than air oh my god i, I mean you're exactly right though that that that's what happens i mean i think uh it's it's gonna be just just a joy but uh before before we uh uh close out here though grift uh it's time for plugs so where, where can people find you what have you got going on as always grift.shop um i got some new collabs that are come, probably going to be dropping over the next couple weeks so uh always a lot of stuff happening over there yeah so, uh, yeah at Griff Shop, uh, the O is a zero is my Twitter handle. Fantastic. And then, uh, as always, go ahead and follow uh, the show on Twitter at Gigo Podcast. Uh, we're going to be here two weeks from from uh, today, from this recording, uh, talking about uh, Godzilla versus Kong. So if y'all have any thoughts, please feel free and uh, either DM us or DM the, the show. Probably better just to DM us so that way then we can uh, take screenshots and then gossip about you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, until then, just know that we love you. Deuces. Peace.